Attention. Attention. This is not a self-help podcast. Listen, everyone. 2020 has been a fail. Let's try and make the most of 2021. We know what to expect now. We know how to expect the worst. So I hope that, you know, I hate it when people say, Happy New Year. You know, I hope you get everything you wish for. I feel like... New Year wishes are always like so performance based. Like, you know, we're all expected to like look happy and I hope only happy things happen to you. No, this is not what I hope for you guys. What I hope for you guys is that you surrender to your miserable, most fucked up self because there's comfort in that. Always having to appear happy and being happy and hoping for happy things is not always the way to go as we've you know been able to see this year. I like to be a little bit more cynical and just say, surrender to the fucked up situation you're in. It's going to bring you comfort and you can only go out from there. Hence why I decided to have Dom Roberts again on the podcast. Hi, everyone. She kind of inspired this little cynical 2021 episode because, you know, you kind of had this whole post on social media saying that you were tired of being expected to you know, talk about things that are quite traumatic for you and and performing, performing, you know, always having to perform for the podcast, for Instagram, always catering to your audience all the time. And it's so much fucking pressure. And I'm here to tell you, have a meltdown on your Instagram lives. Have a meltdown on your Instagram. You probably somewhat, it's okay to have a meltdown. Didn't, didn't it make you feel so much better after you had your meltdown? I felt so good after I had a meltdown because I felt as though there it is. Like, this is who I am. I literally cry in parking lots. Thank you, everyone. This is the real me. And it just dropped the expectation levels like all the way down. This one girl, though, I will say I wanted to fight her, but she was like, you clearly can't handle Instagram. So you just need to quit and do something else. Okay, well, the, to the, to that girl, let me tell you something. The way Dom was on Instagram is the way everyone is who's on Instagram, but they don't publicize it. That's the only difference. The fact that she thought she would publicize it means she's actually probably made for Instagram. Dead ass. I was like, bitch, shut up. You literally don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like, honestly, this is how everyone feels. So I feel like if I say something, it's kind of one of those things where no one's like, everyone's acting like they're fine. And then one person's like, I'm actually not okay. And then everyone's like, wait, holy, me too. I'm not okay as well. And then everyone just feels like they can let loose. It was like one of those moments, which was so good. Yeah, no, I totally feel you on that. It actually really resonated with me. I really loved reading your post. And I was like, this is how I feel all the time, but I can't be bothered to tell anyone. So, you know, usually when I feel this way, I kind of go into my own bubble and like stop doing Instagram. And then I come back and I'm like, why is no one interested? Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've been I've been dead for two weeks. Why does no one care that I'm coming back to life? Nobody cares. But this is the thing that I've come to realize about Instagram is that nobody fucking cares. Whether it's good, bad, happy, sad, mean, nice. No, genuinely, like generally speaking, no one fucking cares. They'll care for two minutes while they're liking, but they don't actually care. And once you go in with that expectations, you can only go up from there. Do you know what I mean? Also, as a society, we just think so much about our social presence and how we're perceived because 
if we know each other like one-on-one, if you're meeting me in person, it's going to be way different than like my social media presence. So it's all that like make-believe pressure that we've built up in our heads. Like, oh, this is how I'm being perceived. And I was just like, I don't give a shit how I'd be perceived. Like literally don't perceive me. But this is what I mean. This is what I'm saying about saying happy new year. I don't want to wish you guys a happy new year. I just want to wish you like a healthy new year because happy isn't always healthy. Like with happiness comes expectations, comes pressure. And I'm not really down for that. I I just want people to be healthy. That's what I want to wish for if I was a nice person. Because I'm not. <laughs> because I'm not all that nice. I was like, let's talk about The Bachelorette for a bit. Because it's like it's kind of old news now. But I was not going to let it get away with me not jumping in with my commentary. We haven't oh, done same. T- yeah. I've, we haven't yeah. done tip of the week. But I can't be bothered for tip of the week. Because I actually think I'm having COVID. Like I'm getting like hot flushes. And I'm not feeling great. So I just... I, I want to skip tip of the week. Dom, give me the breakdown of everything that you felt throughout the season and how you felt at the end. Because you were so shook at the end. I was like, I was I was in that surprise. So I kind of want to know like the roller coaster of emotions you've had throughout the season. Okay. So I was kind of fake. And as soon as I was not excited about Miss Claire. So I watched her last episode with Dale. I was just obsessed with Taisha when she was on Paradise. Like, I was like, I just love this bitch. So then when she came on the show, I just felt like she was the boss. Like, she was like, I like you. I don't like you. This is what I'm attracted to. This is not what I'm attracted to. But the first moment that her season really captivated my life was her conversation with Ivan, where they were both, like, resonating with the fact, like, of what they've grown up with, just being, like, Black in America. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. And then she started getting closer with Ben. Yeah. And I, I'm a whore for Ben. If he came up to me right now, it was like, leave your family and come with me to Ben. Done. Easy. Right. No, so this is the thing. I really thought that the conversation with Ivan when it comes to like, you know, color in America and society was great to show on TV. But I was like, they barely scratched the surface. I was kind of like, mm, it was a bit basic and disappointing. I was just like, I feel like on The Bachelorette, no one's ever even discussed anything remotely as deep, honestly. So I was just like, Okay, that was actually really cool. But then I feel like their whole relationship after that was just from that one moment. I don't know if she felt uncomfortable to like talk more about it or if she felt as though it just, it hit everyone. I feel like it hits everyone so differently. Like maybe I felt less supported in that area or didn't have as much time to talk about it with people. Yeah. And maybe Tasha is just like, I actually can't talk about it because it make it's too heavy for me. Mm-hmm. And so she was like trying to ignore it. I was like trying to figure that out too. Cause I did feel as though she was just kind of like, yeah. And like cried. And then yeah. just like, didn't talk about it where Ivan was like, this is how I felt. Yeah. I re- I really enjoyed that. But can I be honest with you? I wasn't a huge fan of Ivan. 
Okay, same. I feel okay. like every time they kiss, it was like brother and sister kissing. That's that's kind of how I felt. But also, like, I get that he's like huge husband material, but no one likes the nicey nicey. Like, I needed him to have a bit more edge. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I wanted him to. It was just like too picture perfect for me. I know he was 28, but he felt like he was 22. He felt like he was 14. Yes. Like he just felt like a young kid who was trying to figure it out. And for me, that just made it really hard because the whole time I was just like, okay, like what, what's up? Like, where's the spice? Where's the, you know? Yeah. Like I didn't see him get annoyed. I didn't see Like I didn't see anything of him. And so I know that Ben is like really hot and like cool. Like he's got great body, but he kind of like bugged me as well in a way. Okay, yeah, he drove me mental because, yeah, he he literally drove me insane. So you thought he was the hottest one. I thought Brendan was the hottest guy. There was, I knew Brendan was on some shady shit. See, I usually am so good at this, but I did not see it coming. The, The one moment where I literally saw something was wrong, which is unlike you because you saw it coming, is when they went on like the picking the the ring dates type of thing. Production may have seen something shady like you did, which I failed to do. Um, and then they, it was kind of a trap for him to really see because they, they needed something to kind of like trigger him to see if he yeah. was like actually going to go through with it. Whereas all the other dates that they had, the one-on-one dates at the end were more like bonding experiences. Like picking out a ring is not a bonding experience. It's literally doing something for the girl. It's doing something for the woman. It's the guy losing, wasting some of his money on a really expensive rock. And it's like tying him down to someone when he doesn't even know if she's going to pick him. So I just felt like it was kind of an ambush. I totally was like, I felt like every day was so specific to what Tasha felt like she was lacking in each guy. Specifically, Brendan, I knew as soon as he talked about how devastating his divorce was and how hard it was and like how serious he was taking marriage in the couple months that they get to know each other, I was like, there's no way he's not ready. It reminded me, did you watch Rachel's season, Rachel Lindsay? So I actually only started watching Batch Nation from Hannah Brown. And then I never actually watched Paradise, which is why I knew nothing about Taisha when she came onto the, the show, which I know is terrible, but tr- I, from now on, it's going to be like a thing. No, you're so good. The first time I started watching was Rachel. Because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like a black bachelorette. Yes, queen. But there was this guy that she was with, Peter. And they were... they. It was like Tasha and Brendan is the Peter and Rachel. Like everyone was like, yes, yes. He's the one. He's the one. And then the last moment, he's like, I can't do this. That's... But see, I had never seen that season. So I didn't really know what to expect. So for me, I was like, they're both... You know, they they were both divorced and they kind of... He was just kind of a, a, a solid option. You know, he was not up and down. He was kind of slow, steady, solid throughout the whole season. And I kind of liked that about him. Whereas Zach, I felt like... To be honest with you, I'm very happy for her now. And I'm super happy for her and Zach. But I kind of got creepo vibes from him at times. That's so funny. Every Everyone says that they're like, I think it's just because he's like an intense guy. But like, do you remember that scene in the jacuzzi where he was like, 
Yeah. And he was just like staring at her with this like creepo expression on his face. And I was like, if this guy wasn't on TV and I saw this happen, I would have thought he was like a predator. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. I think Zach's just intense. And I think he's, oh, he's almost like the awkward dad. I remember just... He was just, there were things when he did things that were just awkward. Like, I was like, okay, he's just older than everyone else. Like, this is so random. But one thing I noticed from him, wardrobe-wise, was they had something, they had a dress-up, athletic, and he had socks, and he, like, pulled them all the way up. And he just looked like lame AF. Can we just talk about this like new trend that I'm seeing with the like short pants and the little moccasins that I'm like, if you want to make sure that a guy's penis never comes anywhere near my vagina, you need to put him in that outfit. Like, (laughs) and this poor girl is supposed to pick out one guy, but they're all wearing the same outfit. They're the, the, the same vagina clenching outfit. Like, come on, please tell me that you thought it was just the most unattractive thing anyone could wear. Those like tiny little shorts. No, they're like pants that are like short to oh. here, but then with the moccasin shoes. Like they all oh, had. Yeah. That's it's not going to be. It's not for me. That's it's, for sure. And I'm quite, you know, I like my bougie fashion, and I'm European, and I love the bougie look. But like when I see this, I'm like, you have the suit, and you have the shoulders, and you have the tie, and then you have like little naked ankles and little moccasins, and it just ruins the whole masculine outfit vibes. Oh my God. Yeah. The suits, some of the suits this season, I was just like, what is happening? Atrocious. I just felt like like everything was tight. No one could breathe. And then no one had like, the loafers were like whack. That's what I meant. The moccasin, the loafers. That's what I whack. Oh God. God. No, that honestly bothered me so much. I was like, God damn, can anyone breathe? Like, no, no one can breathe and also to add on to this whole breathing thing i really want to know your thoughts about bennett because bennett is everything i cannot stand about the mankind humankind probably as a whole the scarf so because the suit weren't bad enough and the loafers <gasps> weren't bad enough he had to top it off with a scarf, a white fucking scarf. Are you in the mountains? Are you skiing? Is a scarf necessary in La Quinta Resort? No, he was too pretentious for his own good. I feel as though his ego was horribly wounded after he couldn't do the basic math, mm-hmm. you know? And so the whole time he was trying to like prove how smart he is. He came onto the show as basically like a walking Harvard billboard, like, Harvard, you know, Harvard rep. And the one challenge where he's technically supposed to excel, he fails at. So I, I yeah, first of all, his ego is bruised. But you know what happens with like narcissists and psychopaths? When their ego is bruised, they try to like take it out on other people and they try to find themselves a little victim victim to make that victim feel inferior so they can have that you know that feeling of superiority and that's what he did with poor fucking mustache i can't remember his name but like noah, noah yeah noah <laughs> no, it was honestly so embarrassing too <laughs> he just he made me feel embarrassed Bennett and Noah the whole time just gave, gave me secondhand embarrassment like i was just fucking embarrassed the whole time watching them Why? i was just 
Because Noah was trying way too hard to be cool when I was like, if you wanted to be some suave, like James Bond type beat, then you needed to bring the swag. And he was like weird, nerdy white guy. Like, you can't bring the mustache and like cannot and not back it up with swag. Yeah, like he was just whack. And then Bennett was just annoyed. Oh my God. I was literally like, you look horrible right now. When he gave him the emotional intelligence book and then they just kept beefing. They just kept fighting. Y'all just, y'all want to make it on paradise at this point. Y'all ain't even finna make it. Let's dissect this little emotional intelligence book. What do you think was the thought process behind it? What do you think triggered this like gift giving situation? And why do you think he did it besides probably wanting to get onto paradise, which paradise is supposed to be the supersized entertaining part of the bachelorette. So no one wants to read a fucking book on emotional intelligence when you're in paradise. I genuinely think Bennett was unaware. You know how like some guys just really don't fucking understand how dumb they look. I feel as though that was Bennett. I think Bennett thought that Tasha saw him as like what he in his mind thinks he is, like this cool Harvard guy that's so smart, super successful, super rich. And everyone was like, no, dude, you're so unaware right now. You're so unaware. And him bringing that book was just, I was like, you're so socially unaware. It's like those people that asked the wrong question at a dinner party and you're just like, oh my God, go home. He really lacked in social skills, you know? He was like, when he said stuff like, I know I look different than these guys. I know I'm different. And it's like, no, Bennett, you're not different from these guys. You just make a point to wear a fucking scarf and have that fucking smirk on your face to make yourself different because you want to stand out. Being different is when you're yourself and you don't even realize it because it's just so normal to you. And it's second nature to you to be that way. And you putting on this show and wearing this scarf and doing all this shit and bringing your emotional intelligence books with you does not make you different it makes you fucking arsehole and I had a glimpse into who Bennett could be when he came back and was like Tasha, I love you and he was like I'm so sorry I actually gave him a little credit because I was like at least you owned up to you being a dumbass hoe this is what I was like but Bennett will always be Bennett I thought maybe he had learned his lesson maybe he was becoming better But then when he walked back into the rose ceremony and like smiled at all the guys like, what's up, guys? Yeah, Tisha asked me to come to the rose ceremony. I was like, God damn it. Your ego needs to die and die now. Like your ego needs to be murdered, murdered. You look at the difference between Bennett and Ben. Um, When Ben showed up again, you know, he was like, hey, guys, I'm back. Like you see the difference in character. You see that Ben kind of came back with not his tail between his legs, but with a little bit more respect for his opponents and just, you know, a little not apologetic, but just a little bit more respectful and less arrogant. There was less of an arrogance about him, which I appreciated. He definitely knew how to come back humble. Overall. I want to know, why were you so shook? Why did you say you were so shook on your Instagram stories? Was it because of Brendan? I was so shook because I was just so shocked at her choices. And I honestly just have a lot of respect for Tasha and how she went about cutting people out. 
And then I was the most shook at the proposal, honestly. That is just what blew me away. Why is that? And um, side notes, completely agree with you what you said about Taisha, how she went about just cutting them out, not leading them on until the rose ceremonies. When she knew she didn't want anyone anymore, she was like, goodbye. Like, I really appreciated that about her. Especially when it was getting down to the final few and she was like taking them into another area and being like, hey, I was like, yes queen very respectful why were you so shook about the proposal that was the most genuine proposal I have ever like you could just tell that they genuinely love each other I just felt like Zach even though okay creeper psycho whatever but like he's cute he's a a cute creeper yeah he's a cute creeper awkward dad whatever I just feel as though he genuinely loves her and Taisha genuinely loves him yeah and I think that moment that they shared where he was just like I'll choose you today I'll choose you the next day choose you tomorrow I was weeping I was weeping I was just like period Zach me too and it made me feel really lonely and really single oh my god that was the first time I was like I believe in love. <laughs> like I was like, I believe in this shit. <laughs> it took the bachelorette for you to be like, I believe in love. Like, have you ever watched the Titanic? Ugh, whatever. That movie bugs me. But um, yeah, no, me too. And I fucking hate these shows. I laugh at these. I mean, I love watching them, but I laugh at people on these shows. And I watched this and I was like, I want someone to come say that to me. And then you know what? I watched this and I almost texted someone that I really shouldn't have texted, but then I didn't text them. So don't worry. And I was kind of like, I want to cuddle. And I was like, no, Gianna, no, no, you don't fucking want to cuddle. Cuddle the dog. (laughs) You're like, wait, wait, bitch. We can't forget. We can't forget what happened in the past. No, we could, bitch, we cannot forget. But for like one minute during that scene, I forgot. You're like, I need to be comforted right now. Sometimes you just need to. That was so good. And uh, I just was shook to my core. Okay, you know why I think I was really shook to my core? Because every year I watch the girls and guys get on the show and they always, I feel like as though I watch and they always choose the wrong person. Yeah, so you didn't feel that way this time. No, I felt like finally... This is the girl that chose the right person. But see, I really did have high hopes for Brendan. And I know that he wasn't ready. And apparently it, it's um, he went back to his wife now. I just knew that Brendan was... I knew it. I knew it. I knew that he when he said, God bless, I'm like, you say that to your sister. You don't say that to the woman you love. Like, God bless you, Tasha. I mean... It's just what you say to the ex that you didn't really give a fuck about and that you were like, okay, I took what I needed from you. I got what I needed from the show. God bless. Deuces. It's like a deuces. It's like a formal deuces. Yes. And he's just so sweet that I feel like he wasn't trying to let her down in any way. But I was just like, God damn it, Brendan. I knew it. I knew there was just, I knew he wasn't all in like the other guys. I just felt it in my soul. But I felt like it was because he was like, my hopes was that he was that way because he was shy. But I I guess he proved us all wrong. But I did feel like that date was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, of of an ambush for him. And I felt like had he not had that date, he may have not realized that he didn't want to stay. I think he was always kind of looking for an out. That's how I felt. I felt like he was always just kind of hoping. Remember when she sent Ben home instead of Brendan? 
Yeah. I think if Ben would have said, I love you, Tasha, she would have sent Brendan home. I don't think so. She said she genuinely believed she was going to end up with him. That is the b- weirdest thing to me. That is so bizarre. No, let me tell you why I think it's not bullshit. Because when you start dating someone, you always kind of project a little bit. Because we're women. We overthink. Let's not lie to ourselves. Women who just date not projecting a little bit into the future are fucking liars. When you date someone, you're kind of like, I can see myself with someone like him, or I can see someone, I can see myself with someone with those qualities, right? So I feel like she kind of projected like a, a, this like f- image of a future with him because she was like, you know, we have so much in common and he's so sweet and he's so lovely. But what this situation proves is that when you try to project a little too soon and you get ahead of yourself, you make mistakes. And that's why you usually get very obsessed and disappointed with all these guys that you think are great for you. And you spend so much time and energy wondering if they like you back and if they want you back. But it's in fact because they are not right for you, but you've projected too soon. This is just my analysis, but correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong. You know, I'm not a dating expert. I'm by no means a professional. But I think, you know, what she did was very smart because by giving all the guys a chance, even having the certainty that she would probably end up with Brendan, it actually proved this theory wrong, which it, well, my theory right, I guess, which is just take your time and explore your options, which... Claire failed to do, by the way. May I just add, she bugs me so much. But um, if you do take the time to explore your options, and I don't mean be an arsehole, I date everyone at the same time, but I do mean like, you know, don't settle for the guy who just doesn't give you what you need because you'll probably end up with someone way better at the end that you never saw coming. You know what I mean? Exactly. That And that is what made me respect Brendan on a new level was when he was actually like, I have to go home. Right. Because so many guys, that's why I actually really love him. Because so many guys will just drag you along, drag you. He could have honestly, there's we've seen it in the past where guys will drag the girl to the bitter end just for him to be like after the show and the fireworks. Break off the engagement. Yes. And I'm like, bitch, do that when we're on. The show, like do that when you already know it's not going to work for you. Yeah, no, I do have respect for him for that reason too. By the way, have you heard that Pilot Pete and Kelly broke up? No way. He put it on his Instagram. He put a photo of him and her like from the back, like we have decided to go our separate ways. And like this whole year, Pete, Pilot fucking Pete and Kelly's photos have made me so angry to be in lockdown, to be in quarantine. To then just throw it in my face that it was just all to make me feel shit for a whole year and for nothing else. When he's like, love is a funny thing. I'm like, what What are we talking about here, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's been in love with Madison. He's been in love with Hannah Ann. Then he's been in love with Kelly. Like, I'm over him. I'm truly, yeah, and I'm, I really like... Yeah, I'm over him too. He's I'm just, Yeah. And please, can you stop trying to make a point that you're Cuban? Because I get that you're Cuban, but you're not a good dancer. So it just doesn't really validate the whole like statement. No, it's just embarrassing. (laughs) Don't don't do it. If you can't do it, then you can't do it. That's okay. His dancing just just makes me cringe so hard. 
embarrassing. It's once again, don't do embarrassing shit just for the sake of thinking you can do it. Like, well, I do embarrassing shit for the sake of thinking I can do no, it. No, but I do embarrassing shit too, but not to prove that I'm hot. Like, I just do it to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel yeah. like. Like, oh, like, look at me, bust the move. Like, you do sh- embarrassing shit to be yourself, but he's trying to project this, like, Latin lover image of his. And it's like, you look like a basic white boy. You move like one. And it's just not on brand for you to try and be this salsa boy that you are not. It's okay. It's okay that that is not for you. It's okay that it's not your aesthetic. It's not your vibe. Take her on an airplane. Okay, Pete? You know, speaking of dating and relationships, which I tend to do a lot on the podcast, Bridgerton. Bitch, yes. I have so many thoughts and I can't really gather them into like one sentence. And I don't want to make like a three hour like analysis on this show because I think everyone needs to go fucking watch it but like I just love Shonda Rhimes I think she creates incredible TV there are so many important conversations while having fun okay I'll try and give you a couple of things so first of all I love Shonda Rhimes too I'm like a diehard Grey's Anatomy fan for life yes for life like obsessed I'm a Meredith okay I know I am because I can be mean. I can be savage. I'm very hardworking. I'm very, but I'm also like a melodramatic queen. So, cause I'm not a Christina. I'm not like just ice cold. I have that like dramatic flair to me, like Meredith, you know, I'm a bit drama. I, I like my fair share of drama. Bridgerton. What I like about it is that while you're watching the first episode, you don't know if it's going to be serious, if it's going to be a parody, if it's going to be satire, if it's going to be comedy, if it's going to be like drama. And then as you're watching, you realize that it's all those things and it's giving you all the things. It's giving you the beautiful costumes. It's giving you just very diverse characters. You know, in every show there's villains, there's good guys, but on every level, you can almost resonate with the character as to why they made that choice. I, I can totally see that. Like when every character, I, but I think, I think that's a Shonda Rhimes thing. When I look at Grey's Anatomy, the way it's been cast, it has been cast perfectly. And that was also the case for this show. I think that all the characters were cast perfectly for everything. Yes. Yes. And also I what's so interesting. And this is the only thing that I just thought was really interesting, which a lot of people, I don't know, this is my personal opinion. I'm sticking to it. Everyone, everyone was kind of confused as to like, is it colorblind? Like, is this the Hamilton or like uh, the Brandy Cillerella story where it's just like, oh yeah, everyone just gets along and like racial harmony or is there a past? And she hits on it for like 0.2 seconds and is like, well, we used to like not get along, but we figured it out because the queen's in power now. So we're able to do what we want. And then they never talk about it again. And I was just like, that is so interesting because I feel as though, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I feel as though a lot of times on TV, they always want to like, black people and like races are like oppressed and like white people are on top and it's like the racial pyramid. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That they're like, no, we're equal because of this change. And it like went throughout our whole entire society. Yeah. And 
I just thought that was really cool that they didn't spend another second talking about it. Like no one was ever less than because of their skin color or anything like that. Yeah. And I, that is what made this show to me like, so like, I was like, bitch, finally, like, we don't have a show that's like, we, for the longest time we were this, 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 it was just like, no, we used to be, but now we're not. Yeah, so I actually read an article about this, which I found very interesting and it left me a little bit, you know, confused because I can see why in today's climate, it can be seen a little bit tone deaf because, you know, we're having all these uncomfortable conversations and it's very, you know, we're educating ourselves. Everyone is learning so much. And then you have this show coming out where there's like, as you said, racial harmony. And it's kind of like, well, that defeats the purpose of the BLM movement. I can see why some people would see it that way. But if you look at it from a perspective of like, this show is not trying to educate us on it. It's trying to be like in an ideal world, this is what things would be like. And it's kind of a nice thing to picture. And it's kind of a nice thing to look at. I don't know if it's because I'm white and I'm privileged and I see it as something that could be a lovely thing to work towards and I don't know if it's even possible to work to work towards something like this but it it was it was pleasant to look at I don't know how else to say it no I felt as though same I agree and I really just thought it was like for me and I don't know if that's maybe because I'm burnt out of the stories of like fighting like the Romeo and Juliet we're not allowed to be together because of this but just being able to see that on TV and that everyone was literally dating everyone and it didn't matter. There were no, I see you less than this and that. Like beauty was just beauty. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. like all like Daphne and Marina, like two beautiful girls and no one saw either better or worse than, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like people were more worried about status than they were about color. Yes. And it yes. was like more of like a classism thing and not a racism thing, yes. which was very refreshing. And I love that about the show. And it made it for me personally easier to watch. And I yeah. just love that because they took the pressure of like the race thing and made it honestly, I would say kind of like a colorblind situation where it was just like everyone is now in harmony, made it just easy to watch because there was no pressure of like, oh shit, now his family is going to be mad because of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it made the show that much more enjoyable. And like you said, I think it was such a good, refreshing picture to look at because it's not what reflects the world, you know? Exactly. You know, it's, although it's not what we're supposed to be doing right now, it's a very nice escape, but it's also a little bit of hope. I'm sorry. Like, I know that it's kind of utopian in a way because we're not in a society where we're going to anytime soon be able to not see color because there's so much history behind it. And there's so, you know, it's attached to so many traumatic things in history, but wouldn't have it been nice. I don't know if I'm expressing this the right way. I 100% like, that's how I felt watching it. I was just like, it would just be so nice if that when we made the change to like abolish slavery and did the right systemic things, we that's the society that we could have had if they had done that back then. But clearly yes. that's not what happened. So therefore, like, here we go. But are. also that and sex before marriage, because I want to try before I buy. Ah! <laughs> that 
killed me. <laughs> Literally. That killed me, but also the steamiest scenes. I was like, okay, honey. I was like, Yana, I'm a freak. She was a freak. I was like, okay, Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the little goody two-shoes. This is what I'm going to say to you guys. Behind a goody two-shoes, there might be a little freak in there. That's all I'm going to say. Do not overlook the potential. Yes, because she was... They were on some freaky, freaky with the doom duchess. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll renew. I feel like it did really well. 100%. And I think it was... Great move to drop on Christmas because everyone's like, what do we watch? Like, no one's doing shit on Christmas. 100%. But I just want to know, I'm obsessed with the brothers. I want to know more about them. I want them to, like, dive deeper into the brothers and stuff. I feel like they will in, like, further seasons because, you know, I kind of feel like they gave that away, like... She got a baby. Everything's fine. Happy, happy for them. I feel like in the future seasons, they need to like develop the ca- the characters of the brothers more because I was very intrigued by these like handsome, protective, very sweet, you know, bro- like I want to know what's up with these guys. Maybe I'd be down for one of them. Who knows? Because, um, you know, I was obviously down for the Duke, but that's, you know, that's ruined for me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to know. Did you know who Lady Whistledown was? No. Did you? Yes, I did. Dom, it was such a pleasure to have you talk about pop culture and TV, my favorite thing to do in the whole entire world. Um, I'm so glad that we could have you on the show. Sometimes you just need something happy, happy, happy to hold on to, especially during this time of the year. Amen. Thank you for having me on. This was literally, I keep saying it's my dream. Like you don't understand. I love this. Can you let everyone know where they can find you and share all your socials? Yes. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Dom Roberts instead of an E, it's an X. And then I also have a podcast called The Uncomfortable. And you can follow more with that at The Uncomfortable Org. But thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. (laughs) 